0: Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's time for our legal segment. Joining us right now, he is one of Rhode Island's top attorneys. He's our legal expert. It is attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, let's start off this shooting in Vermont over the course of the Thanksgiving weekend. Three men uh, walking down a street, apparently speaking Arabic, all Palestinian, without saying a word. A guy comes out and uh, fires upon him. Now, police have caught and uh, found this individual, but right now, so far... They still have not charged this individual with a hate crime. What? What? What can you tell us?
1: Well, <clears throat> this is a tragic situation. I mean, these three guys were doing nothing provocative. Um, I guess they were wearing the traditional uh, Palestinian uh, scarfs, if you will, uh, which would identify them as either pro-Palestinian or sympathizers or of Palestinian ethnicity, what have you. This guy comes out, fires at um, four shots, hits three of them. One guy might be paralyzed from the waist down. It's a a horrible situation. Um, He's been charged so far with, um, I know, three counts of attempted murder, um, and I'm sure there'll be other associated gun charges. Um, Whether or not this can be charged as a hate crime would require a little bit more digging i mean i'm sure they've already got this guy's um the defendant's um computer or you know social media accounts uh, does he have any um anti-palestinian or anti-arab or anti-muslim manifestos rhetoric um, evidence of a hatred or a bias against people from this part of the world um so far, the defendant obviously has said nothing. Um, if he never says anything and he has no social media f- footprint and there's no people that he speaks to in his circle, let's assume there's people who say, I mean, I can't wait to, you know, think of something crazy. I can't wait to take it out on Palestinians. I'd like to kill them or some, something awful of that uh, strain that would be anecdotal evidence of a hatred or bias against a group. And hate crimes typically require um, a bias based upon, obviously, race, religion, um, sexual orientation, um, things of this nature. Um, So they can't really charge them with a hate crime yet. I mean, we all presume it's a hate crime, Uh, It appears to be a targeting of these guys, and the only indicia of their ethnicity would be, I believe, the scarves that they were wearing. Um, But what else has this guy said or done, either online or to family and friends, which could come out to uh, confirm his um, anti-Palestinian bias? If there's no footprint, and if he's not said anything to anyone, and he's maybe a mentally unstable person— it might be more difficult to prove a hate crime. So I'm sure the cops are doing everything they can. They're pulling out all the stops to see if they can show the bias that we're talking about so that they can enhance the charges to include hate crime offenses.
0: Tim Dodd, I believe from what we've understood about this shooting in Vermont, that when police knocked on his door, he basically put his hands up, came out, and said i've been expecting you but outside of that he uh all he would say is i'd like a lawyer and then his mother's saying oh no he's a good guy and so forth so by all accounts i mean what he did seemingly uh hideous act but aside from that he if he's not talking and then if he has a, an attorney which he immediately very disciplined said, I'd like an attorney cooperated with police as far as, you know, He wasn't resisting arrest. It, it, it sounds like people don't realize, but they may have quite the the challenge to try to charge him with a hate crime. If he's not saying anything.
1: That's right, John. And you know, his behavior almost, um, he he might have a mental defect um, um, defense. I mean, he walks out of his house, he shoots the guys, shell casings are i believe on his front porch or on the street he walks back in the house and as you say when the when the cops appear he puts his hands up and said i've been expecting you so he he wasn't trying to hide this i mean and again unless there's something where he's got a manifesto of some sort if as you say he's got a lawyer he's shutting his mouth and the lawyer's keeping him quiet Um, The cops might have a hard time showing a hate crime without some other extrinsic evidence.
0: Yeah. Now, also, uh, Tim Dodd, closer to home, because he went to Brown University, uh, obviously a lot of attention on the Brown campus. And then you had the 20 students that were arrested. They would not leave the president's office. Uh, They purposely did this. Um, it it was, you know, they knew they were going to get arrested for doing this, but police, uh, Brown university, the charges have essentially been dismissed. What, what, what can you tell us about that?
1: Yeah, that's, um, well, I guess it's perplexing in the real world, but not so perplexing, um, in the academic, um, bubble over there at Brown university. Um, you're right. These 20 students who were charged with, um, Trespass, which is a petty misdemeanor. It's not a big deal, sort of a criminal charge, but it is a criminal charge, and it's something we'd have to go to court for and probably have to get lawyers and take time to go to court appearances. But the uh, university has um, asked that the charges against these 20 students be dropped. Uh, I think the, the rationale is they want to take the temperature down on campus um, and deal with, you know, the um, pro-Israel versus pro-Palestine student forces on campus. Um, the university went on to say that um, these 20 students will still be subject to the school's disciplinary process. And yeah, I'm sure that's got these 20 people, you know, shaking in their in their boots that they're going to be subjected to the Brown disciplinary process. I wouldn't be too worried that they're going to come out of that um, with any significant sort of punishment or um, academic black mark, which is going to follow them. I I don't think so. You know, I've dealt with cases um, of other types within the disciplinary system at Brown, and um, it's relatively a kangaroo court. They'll get the outcome they're looking for. Um, So these disciplinary hearings are typically composed of students and faculty members. So um, there you go. I I don't think there's a chance that anything um, catastrophic will happen to any of these 20 students. I mean, is the message more important to try to bring calm to campus, or is the message more important to say, If you break the law and you try to occupy the president's office, you will be prosecuted. By dismissing the charges, it seems to me that's going to embolden um, the next um, demonstration to say we can do this and there'll be no consequences. So, um, again, in the little bubble of Brown University, I get why they're doing it. The bigger picture, it doesn't seem like a smart move from a... um,
0: law and order perspective if you will um folks quick break much more ahead our legal expert attorney tim dodd right here on the john dipetro show this portion of the program is brought to you by the lodge pub and eatery 40 breakneck hill road in lincoln pop in and see them whether it's for lunch nice weather you can sit outside on the deck or maybe sit in the dining room delicious food then they also have a great full bar large dining area and you're going to love the lounge the lodge pub and eatery people rave about their delicious consistent great food and also the great staff i'll see you at the lodge pub and eatery 40 breakneck hill road in lincoln remember to follow the john DePetro show on youtube it's john DePetro show on youtube subscribe which means you get notified whenever we post new videos you find original content video you can't find anywhere else subscribe today it's free it's the youtube channel of the john DePetro show we're speaking with our legal expert it's attorney tim dot tim apparently sunday night there was some kind of a shooting in providence a be on the lookout went out on a vehicle a very heads up johnston police officer believed he or she the officer believed they spotted the vehicle they began to uh, pursue the vehicle and the vehicle you know then now you have a, a chase at some point uh into the over the providence line actually not far from triggs uh golf course the, the the vehicle comes to a stop the two suspects get out of the vehicle as the johnston police officer begins to chase them one of the suspects uh begins to fire at the johnston police officer the johnston police officer exchanges fire now both suspects remain on the loose but what type of trouble or charges would this individual uh face when ultimately if they're able to locate uh the suspect that was exchanging fire with the johnston police officer
1: certainly um If these guys are found and if they are charged, arguably you could charge um, whoever the shooter was with attempted murder, shooting at a cop and shooting at a police officer, uh, would also have enhanced penalties. Um, The non-shooter of these two guys could also be charged um, with the same felony um, for being a participant in the underlying offense um they could be charged with a looting they could be charged with um a number of things like that but the main thing would be firing at a cop um would be significant felony charges um the cop also returned fire as as we know um certainly it, he'll be put under the microscope as to what he did, why he did it, how many shots he fired, what were the circumstances. Anytime a cop uh, discharges a service revolver, um, they got to make a full accounting, and there's a full you know, administrative investigation to see if what the officer did was appropriate. Now, I don't know if, for instance, were the shell casings from these guys who shot at the cop, were those recovered were the bullets that were fired at the cop recovered or not? Because if they ever do get these um, um, suspects um, and discover who they are, you know, it may be difficult to um, prove the allegations that shots were fired at a police officer unless they can um, recover the weapon and do some forensics to determine that the bullets that were fired for from the particular weapon that was utilized. So it's not going to be an easy case um, when these guys are apprehended unless one rats out the other.
0: And Tim Dodd, just to finish this up, if in fact the suspect had struck an officer, I'm not sure if people realize, but that, that becomes a very serious charge.
1: That's a, oh, yeah, that that would be a significant felony, which would be, you know, multiple years in prison, if there was a conviction or a plea bargain, because, you know, you shoot at a cop, that's, that's significant and serious enough. If you shoot a cop and hit a cop, um, and hopefully don't kill him, but if you kill him, certainly that's a capital case, that's, that's going to be a life sentence. Yep. But if you shoot him and hurt him, but don't kill him, it's still going to be uh, attempted murder. It's going to be shooting a police officer, and that'll be decades imprisoned in a plea bargain or if found guilty by a jury.
0: Folks, again, we're speaking with our legal expert, it's attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, there's this big story in the Boston Globe, cover-up claims, conspiracy, controversial blogger. The uh, Obviously, they, they're talking about the breakdown of the Karen Reed case. I think it's important it's um it's, it's 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 interesting since everything blew up over uh in Israel you know the the cases kind of go under the back burner but I still think it's important to reiterate to people that um a lot of a, a number of these quote conspiracies or alternative theories it it I think people are going to be surprised that or you tell us that it doesn't automatically make its way into the courtroom if if none of it can be proven?
1: There's so many conflicting stories about this. I mean, until people are put under oath and either side attempts to put evidence uh, or information into evidence, uh, it's hard to know what has become almost like an urban legend versus what could be proved in a courtroom. I mean, the things that would be problematic for the defendant, um, Karen Reed, would include that um, upon examination, um, she had a broken rear tail light, which apparently had some hair lodged into, like, where the light was broken, um, and I think scratches on her rear bumper, and apparently fragments of plastic I'm not sure forensically it's shown to be from her um, rear um, taillights. Some minuscule pieces of plastic were found on the person of the uh, dead um, off-duty police officer boyfriend. Other things that are problematic for her would be that apparently she on her own or while with a friend uh, googled how how long... um,
0: to to die in cold right
1: die in the cold which would certainly suggest that she knew that this guy was lying out in the cold because she had hit him that that information if it makes its way into evidence would be very damning now her defense is that um this guy was beaten up there was a fight that ensued with cops that were there uh somehow his body was placed outside and they're now trying to um set her up to take the fall so allegedly allegedly when the the deceased cop is discovered he's outside covered with snow and when they finally get to him he's got bruises and scratches on his arms so where they come from He's allegedly got bruises and red marks on his hands, which might suggest he was in a fistfight. He's got um, his face is bruised and bloody. Allegedly, his eyes—he's got black eyes. Now, does that happen when you're out in the cold and you freeze to death? Is that something that happens physiologically? I don't really know, but the suggestion would be that he's got black eyes that were swollen shut because he was in a fight. Now, if those things are true, and if they make their way into evidence, that would suggest some foul play befell this guy, separate and apart from maybe being bumped by this woman's bumper and maybe not. Also, allegedly, there was a broken um, cocktail glass found next to or near his body. Well, could that be because he was having a cocktail outside when she allegedly bumped into him and knocked him down? We don't know but you know from the defense standpoint if this evidence is competent and if a judge admits it at the time of trial you know all the defense has to prove is reasonable doubt they don't have to prove who did it all they have to do is suggest this doubt that the defendant did it many times the defense will you know suggest or imply that somebody else might have done it but could reasonable doubt be shown, potentially, if all this stuff that's been bandied about in the media, if it actually makes its way into evidence, you know, do we have any forensic pathologist who's going to say this guy has scratches on his body consistent with um, an attack by the homeowner's German shepherd? I and mean, we've heard the suggestions by defense counsel but I'm not aware of what scientific um, evidence or what scientific witnesses the defense intends to call. So, I mean, this case has been so played out in the media with allegations, counter-allegations, innuendo suggested by the prosecution, innuendo suggested by the defense. I think the defense has done a good job pre-trial in planting the seeds of... Um, doubt or suspicion, the, qu- the trick will be to get a jury who has not been impacted or influenced by all this pre-trial publicity.
0: Folks, a uh, quick break. Much more ahead, our legal expert attorney Tim Dodd right here on the John DiPietro Show. Check out DiPietro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. All our links to social media, exclusive stories and videos waiting for you at DiPietro.com. aj drywall plaster home improvement call them today for a free quote you can also find them on facebook 401-323-9252 323-9252 aj drywall plasters home improvement frame to finish basements what a difference it'll make in your basement acoustic ceilings look how beautiful your ceiling could be new homes additions also commercial rehabs painting remodeling contact them today it's a family run business aj drywall plaster home improvements call for a free quote what a difference they'll make in your home your ceilings floors basements 401-323-9252 what a difference beautiful walls and ceilings 401-323-9252 you can also find them on facebook it's aj drywall plaster and home improvements for your home or business we're speaking with our legal expert it's attorney tim Dodd. tim uh just a couple more quick stories one is what are we to make of uh will offshore wind turbines spoil ocean views for newport mansions they're planning on putting them Offshore, and it sure sounds as though the Newport Mansions, the Historical Society of Newport, will launch some form of a a lawsuit to challenge or try to prevent this.
1: Well, it's it's a lawsuit which seems to be based, um, simply on that the views from the Newport Mansions will be uh, negatively impacted. This um, type of litigation happened a few years back. Your listeners will recall when Martha's Vineyard um, didn't want wind turbines because their views were going to be negatively impacted. It's the old not-in-my-backyard sort of argument. Oh, yeah, wind power is great. Just nowhere where I can see it. And um, you've got now that against one another, John, you've got, let's say, the green energy people who think this is great. You've got the um, historic preservationists and, um, you know, perhaps wealthy residents of Newport and Block Island saying this is going to negatively impact our um, interest in the views that we have. So, you know, the green energy people will say, oh, these fat cats don't want anything marring their beautiful view. But we need this green energy. Um, I'm not sure that the Newport litigation will be successful based upon their views being ruined. Um, but if they jam this thing up in court long enough, we may be able to negotiate some reciting of some of these um, um, offshore wind turbines. Okay. I mean, I, I think that that's a very nice litigation to to pursue because of views being impacted but i think there's far more significant negative um issues involving this offshore wind power as we've yeah. seen with the, um, the towers already erected off of black island right there's issues with um, um sea life migration sea life spawning it's interfering with the fishing lanes um there's lots of negative impacts, which I don't think have been fully taken into account, as well as the extraordinary expensive power that's generated from these things. Um, you know, Green energy is a great idea, but just like electric vehicles, we're seeing that they've got a lot of negative side effects. And we're already seeing the negative side effects of offshore wind power, and it seems crazy right now to be throwing up more of these things. but. There's money to be made by certain political interests, and you can be sure they're going to keep pushing for it, whether or not it's in the public interest or not.
0: Tim Dodd, Hunter Biden has agreed to appear before the House Oversight Committee. Uh, Could this potentially be dangerous for him? He's insisting he wants it to be public.
1: Well, it's an interesting chess match, John. You would think that he would not want this to be public. So it's interesting that um, when, I believe, a subpoena has been issued by James Comer's committee, which is the House Oversight Committee, they're requesting that he appear for um, uh, to provide testimony in closed session. Hunter's lawyer says, no, no, no. We want this to be an open sec- session so the public can hear what's going on. So now you've got the appearance that Hunter's saying, I want to let everyone know what's going on here. And the committee saying, no, 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 we want to do this in secret or in private. Um, If it's public, you know, Hunter might have the ability or his lawyers might have the ability to say that they can't talk about certain things publicly because of whatever um, privileges might exist. And those same um, um, objections and attempts to not testify might not be so available in a closed session. Uh, Hunter's team I think has got the high ground from a PR standpoint to say well why not let the guy testify in public why does this committee want it to be in private right um, so I think that Hunter's got a leg up on the um, uh, the public perception aspect and if the house insists on it being private and Hunter insists on it being uh, public um Hunter's team would be moving to quash the subpoena. Lawsuits will get filed. Um, this will grind its way through the courts. And I would expect it'll be some time before Hunter is actually called upon to testify, either in public or in private. Does Hunter really want to testify, or is he looking to get the PR advantage? And at the same time, Um, stall and delay this thing for as long as possible Mm. seems to me it's a twofer for him he wants the pr positive pr and he wants to delay and stall and vex the committee and force them to chase him through the courts
0: folks again we're speaking with our legal expert attorney tim dodd tim uh, sandy hook families propose an 85 million dollar settlement for alex jones legal judgment debt now what are we to make of this? Other than could this maybe be the beginning of real negotiations that they realize the the amount of money he owes them is so extraordinary that there's absolutely no chance. But what what is your impression of this? Is it possible that maybe they're actually trying to say maybe there's some way to get some money? If you're Alex Jones, I'm sure he doesn't want you know this hanging over his the rest of his life that they're just not going to go away.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's got a judgment or judgments uh, ag- with an aggregate amount of in excess of $1.5 billion. So I don't think he could ever pay that in his lifetime. The families are suggesting, <coughs> excuse me, $85 million, which is, I think, 6 or 7% of the total judgment amount. Now... Um, Alex Jones and his various corporations are all um, operating under um, United States Bankruptcy Court protections. And Alex Jones, um, personally, I think the trustees acknowledge that he's from the income that he derives or the money that his companies generate. He's got like living expenses of north of half a million dollars that he's allowed to spend. Um, and apparently he's, within, under the umbrella of the bankruptcy court, continues to spend very lavishly on himself, I'm sure to the consternation of these families. Um, will, his law, will his lawyers wish to negotiate, or will Alex Jones want to continue to stiff-arm these families? The $85 million would be paid at the rate of $8.5 million per year, for the next ten years, which seems like a very reasonable position that these families are putting forth. Um, will Alex Jones bite at that? I, I I can't imagine that he would. I'm sure that his team will try to um, if they're going to do any negotiation. Uh, p- try to do it at a much lower number. You mm-hmm. know, to go to a much lower number from something that's six or seven percent of the total judgment amount might just inflame the situation further with the families, and they might say, you know, to hell with this. We made a reasonable offer, but we're not going to be undercut and asked to take less. We're already taking, you know, pen- literally pennies on the dollar if this deal was acceptable, mm-hmm. but. Based on what I've read about Alex Jones and his legal team, I would expect them to reject this out of hand and perhaps not even counter.
0: Yeah. Uh, Finally, Tim Dodd, Georgia prosecutors oppose any plea deals for President Trump, Mark Meadows and Giuliani. This is um, obviously very serious charges. What does that tell us that that as, as of now, they don't want any type of plea deal?
1: Well, I I think that um, Fannie Willis has made it clear that they want a trial for Donald Trump, for um, Rudy Giuliani, and for Mark Meadows. They're taking the public position that these three will not be offered a plea deal. We want them to go to trial. That's perhaps also a message to the uh, lesser-known defendants that it's time to flip, come in from the cold, try to cut a deal with the prosecutors, provide evidence against Trump or Giuliani or Meadows or all three of them, and you know, save your rear end if you possibly can. Remember that Sidney Powell, Jenna Ellis, and Ken Shesborough have already flipped, they've already pled guilty and allegedly provided a proffer or evidence that potentially could hurt Trump or Giuliani or Meadows. So I think that the message is going out to the other defendants. Now's the time to come in and make your deal. If you wish to make a deal, um, Trump's attorneys are saying we don't want a deal. The only deal we'll take is an apology from Fannie Willis and a dismissal of the charges. Well, that's a nice talking point, but, um, you know, the Georgia prosecutors are, I think, trying to pressure the lesser defendants to flip, obviously, on the main players. If you're Trump, you might also say cynically, well, sure, they don't want to offer me a deal because they want to drag me through trial and keep me off the campaign trail. So you know, who knows if that's an accurate reflection of what's happening or not? Um but the message seems to be loud and clear. No matter what happens with these other defendants, the state intends to take Trump, Giuliani, and Meadows to trial and never offer them a way to get out of this with a plea deal. Folks, so it should be very ti- very expensive, very time-consuming. Yeah, We've seen like just the Trump um, fraud trial has gone on way longer, I think, than anyone ever expected, and it's still going on. Trump's yep. still putting on his defense um, this case in Georgia will take months to try. Mm. And if it's going to take months to try, um, does that serve what you might suspect would be Fannie Willis's political objective to impede Trump's um, activities during the uh, 2024 election season? That's speculative. Who knows? But um, certainly, anything with trump there's a tandem track of the political implications and the legal implications
0: folks again he is our legal expert it's attorney tim dodd tim excellent job as always and we'll talk to you again thanks john take care check out topetro.com d-e-p-e-t-r-o.com all our links to social media exclusive stories and videos waiting for you at topetro.com. When it comes to insurance, you need a neighbor, a partner, and friend. You need SHAPA Insurance Agency. They're located right on Reservoir Avenue in Cranston. Call today, free consultation, Four zero one nine hundred I insu 401-900-4678, SHAPA Insurance, SIA. Stephen, very experienced. Whether it's auto, home, renters, business insurance flood recreational umbrella any other protection for your assets rhode island of massachusetts shopper insurance agency your agency of choice call today set up a meeting they're so knowledgeable can have everything under one roof call shopper insurance today 401-900 insu or 401-900-4678 Look for them on Facebook, again, located Reservoir Avenue in Cranston. Shop insurance agency. Your neighbor, your partner, your friend. One-stop insurance solutions. Check out depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. All our links to social media, exclusive stories and videos waiting for you at Topetro.com. You're listening to The John DePetro Show. Last night, Oakland City Council voted on a resolution calling for a ceasefire. A city council member tried to insert language condemning Hamas. Listen to the reaction. And this is a view held by many that say, oh, no, we're just pro-Palestine. Listen to the reaction when someone tried to insert language condemning a terrorist organization. I think this is very insightful. This also then shows how a lot of these people actually feel. Listen to this.
1: Israel murdered their own people on October 7th. Calling Hamas a terrorist organization is ridiculous, racist, and plays into genocidal propaganda that is flooding our media and that we should be doing everything possible to combat. I support the right of Palestinians to resist occupation, including through Hamas, the armed wing of the unified Palestinian resistance. As an Arab, asking with this context
2: to condemn Hamas is very anti-Arab racist.
1: The notion that this was a massacre of Jews is a fabricated narrative. Many of those killed on October 7th, including children, were killed by the IDF. An amendment condemning Hamas is bald propaganda meant to... Thank you, your time is up. To hear them complain about Hamas violence is like listening to a wife-beater complain when his wife finally stands up and fights back. Question. Did anyone else notice that those who oppose this resolution are old white supremacists?
3: There's been a lot of atrocity propaganda ranging from claims of beheaded babies to mass rape.
1: Hamas is not a terrorist organization just because the U.S. and Israel um, deems it so. Hamas is a resistance organization that is fighting for the liberation of Palestinian people in their land. There's not been beheadings of babies and rapings. Israel murdered their own people on October 7th. Calling Hamas a terrorist organization is ridiculous, racist, and plays into genocidal propaganda that is flooding our media and that we should be doing everything possible to combat. I support the right of Palestinians to resist occupation, including through Hamas, the armed wing of the unified Palestinian resistance.
2: As an Arab asking with this context to condemn Hamas is very anti-Arab racist.
1: The notion that this was a massacre of Jews is a fabricated narrative. Many of those killed on October 7th, including children.
0: You know, this is um, something that a lot of the media won't cover, is they go along with this uh, conspiracy that it was all made up and that none of it happened. Now, Joy Reid on MSNBC, she's getting a lot of play. A professor at Rutgers went on MSNBC and suggested Elon Musk is anti-Semitic and hated Jews after he visit Israel and toured the massacre site with Netanyahu, and Joy Reid nods along. How is that possible? Liberation. Let me. And so when we see Elon Musk
1: there, and you're scratching your head and saying, "But wait a minute, I thought that he was actually, you know, has said very anti-Semitic
2: things." It's precisely because these are not the same thing. You can support Israel and hate Jewish people, and that's and that's the the, the sad truth here is yeah. that many
1: of us who are fighting to free Palestine, are fighting for all people's freedom, including
0: for Jewish liberation. You know, that makes no sense in any way. She, um, It is amazing how much Joy Reid is allowed to get away with, and yet, you know, still stays on MSNBC. Then you have, of course, the president of Brown University, President Paxson, Call, uh, you know, trying to honor the student, having a vigil for the student that was shot from Brown, and oh. thought that the students would behave and show class and come together, but they don't. Nope. Let me tell you how I was going to end this. Which was, I was going to say that at a faculty meeting last month, I said that every student, faculty, and staff member
2: should be able to proudly don a kafia on the Brown campus or to cover
0: their head with a hijab. They don't want to hear it. Nope strong and loving community this this is at a vigil for a student that was shot and this is the reaction and the president thought she was doing the right thing Thought he was doing the right thing by dropping the charges against the students. And instead, they get this reaction. You can't reason with this crowd, you can't have a conversation with this crowd. know this this whole mantra that they carry on this this shows i think you know the old the old adage when someone shows you who they truly are you need to pay attention and listen to them and that is a good example that president of brown thought she would approach it in a sympathetic manner showing empathy and sympathy and thought she would use that vigil for the brown student that was shot up in vermont and kind of bring hopefully bring everyone together but listen to the crowd that you're dealing with. They, that show, they have no interest in it. And you also heard in Oakland, that would seem pretty simple. Let's have a resolution condemning Hamas. And then people are outraged by it. I, I would just, I mean, this is, they are completely delusional. But I'll also say this, this is something the Republican Party needs to take advantage of. This is real division within the Democrat Party. And the Republican Party, you, you can't allow these people to have any sense of power because it's complete lunacy of what goes on. Folks, you're listening to the John DiPietro Show. Do you need a good plumber? I found the best plumber, JMB Plumbing. Call them today. All your plumbing needs 401 743 9153. JMB Plumbing. They've been providing plumbing services for years. Skilled professionals stand behind their work. Guarantee you will be happy. Maybe it's repairing damaged water pipes. Repair clogged pipelines. Maybe replace a a water heater. As well as all your plumbing needs. Call them now. It's JMB Plumbing. 401 743 9153 nothing throws off your life or your home or your business when you need plumbing service you need someone reliable someone who is professional someone who'll handle the job and do it right it's jmb plumbing call them today 401 743 9153 jmb plumbing and look for them on facebook check out to depetro.com. All our links to social media, exclusive stories and videos waiting for you at depetro.com. It's my health. 1099 Mendon Road in Cumberland, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. Stop in and see Marie, that historic white church. Shop local inside. All quality products, vitamins, herbal remedies, trusted companies. They understand quality integrity. It's my health. It's all about your health. Local products. I say honey, maple syrup, beef, fresh gum. You know, they carry over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce plus box herbs and teas, hemp and CBD products, and much more natural skincare products. Stop it in see Marie at It's My Health 1099, Mended Road in Cumberland. It's all about health for you, for your family, there's vitamins for children all different types of teas all different types of spices boy what a difference it'll make shop local stop it and see the Queen of Health it's Marie and it's my health 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland diagonally across from Daverport restaurant right in that historic white church it's all about health it's all about your health At it's my health You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Well, summer 2020, uh, there were a couple of individuals that I would interview quite a bit. And uh, they were the uh, members of Black Lives Matter. One was Brother Gary, of course, who I basically introduced everyone to back many years ago after the whole situation uh, that had actually happened in Ferguson. And then there was another individual, Brother Mark and that was then this is now now you have brother mark mark fisher he's saying he's the co-founder of black lives matter rhode island i i don't know about that he was definitely involved and he was on the executive board and he was definitely one of brother gary's right hand guys um i don't think he was there at the very beginning but he was definitely a player in 2020 don't get me wrong and we've had mark here on the program and he is now coming out and saying that he supports president trump so he did an appearance on fox and friends and here he is with lawrence blm leader former dem endorses president trump but i want to play this uh various people are reacting to it i um i've communicated with mark we'll have him on the program at some point uh we've had him on as i said in the past but i want to play this is Someone, it's significant because he's not endorsing President Biden. Instead, he is endorsing President Trump. Island Mark
2: Fisher. Mark, thanks so much for joining the program. Uh, You know, this is my favorite story of the day because it identifies with what I've seen in the barbershop. All the brothers, for some reason, right now are turning tides right now. And I I just wonder what is the big reason?
3: I think personally it's the duplicity of the Democrats. Mm. The hypocrisy. Um, we're not stupid. The brothers are not stupid. We, we understand when someone's for us and when someone is not. And it's obvious that the Democratic Party is not for us. Yeah, I, I their, party, their, their policies actually strike at the heart of the black family and the nuclear family. Yeah. So,
2: you know, you were a part of Black Lives Matter. Uh, you founded it there. And now you're saying you're not saying the entire Republican Party, you're saying Donald Trump. So what is it about Donald Trump? Is it the economics? Uh, you noted the black family. What is it going to take for him to sure up this support amongst uh, black voters?
3: Well, I just, I just think that it's going to take information. A lot of people are misinformed. They don't really understand because they don't educate themselves on, on Donald Trump as a person and his history. Um, but if they do that, and it's going to take, you know, leaders, educated leaders getting the word out there. Um, I think that it, it'll happen on its own and it'll be organic because, um, personally, I love the man. I mean, how could you not like if, a real man? Uh, how could you not relate to someone like that?
2: <clears throat> yeah, he, he watches every morning. So I'm sure he's cheering as, as you're saying this. We looked at some of the polls for Trump over uh, over Biden in the battleground states. In 2020, it was 8%. Now in 2023, he has 22%. And that's just not black men. So, uh, election the election is right around the corner. If you had the opportunity to talk to the former president, I'm sure he's watching right now. What would you tell him?
3: Call me by my cell phone, man. I'll stop for Trump.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Mark, uh, I- I'm fascinated by you. Why-, why did you end up leaving Black Lives Matter? Or are you
3: still affiliated with it? No, no, no. I'm still affiliated with it. Um, all day. It, because the thing about it is I'm my message that I preach and, and, and that I tout is unity. It's a message of unity. It's unity driven. I want to bring together all the marginalized groups from the, the margins and bring them to the center because we're stronger together as a as a one nation under uh, indivisible under God. Yeah.
2: Mark Fisher, I, I think all Americans can go with a message of unity. We thank you so much for coming on the program. I hope you'll come back and check in with us. I appreciate you. Keep up the good work, Lawrence. You got it, brother. Black Lives Matter, Rhode Island, Mark Fisher. Mark...
0: Now, again, as this story is developing, now we have a press release put out by uh, Black Lives Matter, PAC, Rhode Island, officially disassociates itself from Mark Fisher and clarifies organizational distinction. In rep- response to recent media coverage, BLM, Rhode Island, Pack is issuing a statement clarifying Mark Fisher is not, has never been affiliated with our organization. The views expressed by Fisher in his reference Fox News segment do not reflect the values or beliefs of BLM, Rhode Island PAC. We'd like to emphasize Mark Fisher, a claims association, a nonprofit. Any statement or action should not be conflated with our organization. Disappointed by the association between Mark Fisher and former President Trump, as expressed in the Fox News interview. They remain focused on our mission to create positive change, advocacy, education, and community. So already there is now pushback from, as I just mentioned, BLM. But now here's something to clarify. So there's two, Brother Gary and Mark Fisher, they started the official Black Lives Matter. And then they allowed this group to become Black Lives Matter PAC so that's why now you have these competing they're all kind of under the same umbrella but now going after mark fisher so we'll have mark on at some point maybe even sooner rather than later maybe i'll even try to uh, reach out to him this morning but um but this is um that was a big mo- a moment for him on the national stage something else that i think needs to come into play in the black community and that is the open border because as a result of the open border, you have so many of the illegals that are taking low-income housing. In Rhode Island, that there are certain communities where it would be families of color that, have the, um, that are living in low-income housing. And now that market is flooded with illegals that just came over the border. That's number one. Number two, uh, on top of that, you, you have the schools public schools are flooded with non-english speaking adults non-english speaking excuse me non-english speaking children of adults but that just makes it even that much more difficult for a lot of the children of color to try to do well in the public school when they're surrounded by illegals so i support mark fisher for saying that he is with president trump folks you're listening to the john DePetro show propane plus call them today heating and cooling in rhode island 401-885-4209 in massachusetts 508-252-3359 for propane plus three generations you can always depend on propane plus for all your heating and cooling call them today 401-885-4209 three generations they're available 24 7 a service and delivery and they're going to serve you for a very long time they have a great user friendly website you just log on at propaneplus.com and then you type in your zip code residential commercial propane plus heating and cooling always there for you give them a call today in rhode island 401-885-4209 in massachusetts 508-252-3359 the johnson family three generations Heating and cooling, you can always depend on Propane Plus. You're listening to the John DiPietro Show. Folks, I always tout our website just because it has exclusive stories and video. It has links to on the scene live stream. Remember, there's no vo- uh, vowel I it's depetr dot com. you can also reach me that way if you'd like to get in touch with me Dpetro.com, log on and then links to facebook and youtube everything we have it's all waiting for you right there at the website This portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Pop in and see them, whether it's for lunch, nice weather. You can sit outside on the deck or maybe sit in the dining room, delicious food. Then they also have a great full bar, large dining area, and you're going to love the lounge. The Lodge Pub and Eatery. People rave about their delicious, consistent, great food and also the great staff. I'll see you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery. 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln.